When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 8th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Cole Reagans hath arrived. Oh, man, it was so good. It was so good. I, I implore anyone to actually watch this game against the Red Sox because there's a feeling you get subconsciously when you watch a pitcher who is just dominating. Every single pitch he throws just feels so good. And this is what Cole Reagans did against the Red Sox yesterday. Two, 6.2 innings of one run, four hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts, 18 whiffs, 34% CSW. He pitches for the Royals. He came over in the Araldus Chapman deal. Uh, he had one game of about four innings in relief for the Rangers earlier this year, and when he was sitting now 96 and change instead of the 93 we saw before, 94. And then he came over, had a... Uh, a game of a doubleheader game of 97.5 on the fastball blew me away. That was on July 15th. Then he finally got his opportunity to start with Ryan Yarbrough getting traded and was at 94 and change, but more spin on the fastball. Dominated that one. Amazing command. And I was in on this one. I originally actually put out my rankings on Sunday saying, let's just be a little conservative and don't start him here. But then I changed it yesterday and said, you know what? No, I really loved what I saw last time. I'm going to push it for the, the Red Sox into questionable start, making my streamer. I suggested that you go get him as a spec ad. And what do you know? This was just brilliance. Change up her 9 over 25 whiffs. It, he reminds me of Cole Hamels watching me. Reminded me of that last year when he had four seamers upstairs and cutters too far inside and changes too far down. And it felt like one of those things of if you just squeeze it, if you just make the little tweaks, instead of just being chaotic, that is, his fastball wasn't down or in a way a lot. It was um, always just a little too high or so. The cutter wasn't over the plate. It was just a little too far inside, that kind of stuff. And he did it. He's so good. 96, 97. I saw 98.5 on his four-seamer. I saw some stupid swings upstairs that were swords, if you know what that means. I mean, half swings. Oh, and, he, and like, he allowed two runs. One of them was an under one because the guy got to third on an error, and then it was a sack fly. And the other one was two fastballs that were YM lock away that he didn't want to do, and those resulted in hits each, and that returned a run. That's it. Against the Red Sox in Fenway. Go get him. Just go and get Reagans. I'm not saying that he's going to do this for the rest of the year, but he's clearly locked in now. So, yeah, just do it. And it's three games I've seen from Reagans now for the Royals across a month. And he's looked amazing in all three. It is so satisfying to watch him. And then there's also Gavin Williams. He went seven innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, 12 Ks. I am as a do not start. Why? Because it was the Jays. And Gavin Williams' last four starts was five innings, four innings, four innings, five innings. Lots of walks. I think he had three of those games as four walks. And I just didn't trust that Gavin Williams was going to do anything more than five innings, and especially against a team like the Jays. And, well, look at this. You know, um, I even saw on, on Twitter, it was interesting, uh, like Scott White was saying, like, what do I even know about pitching like Gavin Williams? I said, do not start. And someone was actually really interesting, saying, like, look, Nick, Nick Pollock suggested it too. Like, we don't really know. I'm like, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I t- I'm touched that, like, uh, you guys consider it like that. And Scott White, I feel you, man. This is so random for Gavin Williams to do this well. Uh, is four seamer had a 50% CSW, 12 over 52 whiffs, 
I, I don't actually think it was the best I've seen of Gavin Williams' forcing. We're going to watch it on stream after as a group here. By the way, that's a playback.tv slash pitcher list. I can watch live baseball games with you. I literally did that while I was doing the list in the background where you were watching baseball. It's incredible. It's absolutely free for you guys. Just go to playback.tv slash pitcher Watch me in the mornings. We watch games together. It's just free for you. 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern time every morning. You should be here. So, But Gavin Williams... I mean, this was better. His slider was down in glove side. And the second that he gets that down as opposed to upstairs, he has like a, what, sub 10% percentile low location on sliders. Which is interesting. He's just not getting the slider low like everyone else is. When he does that, it makes the fastball better. And that's what we, I think we saw here. So I, I dig this. But I also have to say that there I have less uh, belief in Gavin Williams continuing this than Reagan's. Because the command wasn't pristine all the way through. He needed a 50% CSW on the four-seamer. Um, per- perfect sliders that we haven't seen. He gets the raise next. I don't think it's going to be the the guy that we think again. But obviously, we have to just hope that it is. I mean, this is incredible. I love Gavin Williams for next year because I think that over time, the development of those secondaries comes through more. Um, and the fastball, obviously, is a very good pitch. Pablo Lopez dominated, and everything is wonderful. I mean, he's, he needs one more start. Until Pablo Lopez gets his ace is going to ace label, which is kind of wild considering his ERA hasn't been as good as you want it to be. But you can't deny this. He's just that good. Um, Dylan Cease against the Yankees had seven walks and six Ks and zero runs and one hit in five innings. 5.1. That's that's just so stupid. His command is horrible. It has been really bad for a bit now. So I'm actually not. Yeah, I'm very concerned about Dylan Cease. Uh, it could just be fine next time. You never really know. Is he cherry bomb? Uh, and Junjun Ryu is a Toby. Uh, he got, had a comebacker to the knee, which I feel so bad about because the guy just came back from Tommy John. I made a stupid arrow to the knee joke, but I really do feel bad for uh, Hyunjin Ryu. I mean, he just worked so hard to get back from Tommy John, and then he gets this. Like, his changeup was looking so good. 45% CSW with a 78% O-swing. Remember that time when Ryu was so good, he had a 54% O-swing for his changeup across the entire season. He had 78% of this one. Ugh. Freddie Peralta was so good. So good. And I mean, this was a night of, like, the young guys just killing it. Um, we have Freddy Peralta against the Rocky Road. Seven innings, one hundred run, one hit, zero walks, 13 strikeouts, 31 whiffs, 44% CSW. Are you joking? 60% CSW on the curve, 30% swing strike rate on the changeup, 25% swing strike rate on the slider, 17 whiffs on the four-seamer. Oh my gosh, I mean, it was Rocky Road. I get it, but like this is why I've been so high on Peralta. Like It's there. The skills are there. And zero walks is just brilliant. If he's not... If he's getting enough strikes, like he's just so unhittable. Uh, you keep starting Peralta, and you just got to keep hoping that he can find that groove that he doesn't walk as many guys. Brian Bayo against the Royals on the other side of Reagan's. He matched him with one earned run in 6.2 innings. It was just two Ks because it's sinker changeup, and I think the ceiling is pretty capped with Bayo, but he's sturdy, and that's cool. Brandon Williamson had an amazing start. I was saying the young guys did well. This is a gold start for me because I didn't expect anything from Brandon Williamson here. Um, you can argue there's some other ones like Ken Waldachuk probably earns it against Texas, but this to me is just really weird. 6.2 innings of one earned run, three hits, zero walks, nine strikeouts from Williamson? Change up out of nowhere, six out of 18 whiffs. Whoa, 40% CSW on both the, the four-seamer and the cutter. I think it was 45 on the four-seamer. Maybe that was on the cutter, one of the two. Oh my gosh. You could say it was blaming on the Marlins a little bit. The command was good, but not like insanely good. He doesn't get the Pirates next. He's holding up the 94 on the four-seamer. I feel like you should give that a shot. You know, after a start like this and you get a really good matchup next, that is, those are the situations that I love to see. Because 
the risk is not as high if it doesn't work out. Like the floor is higher because it's the pirates, right? Sure, there's always a chance it still blows up, but it's not like he gets, I don't know, the the Red Sox or something like that. It's a little bit more challenging and he would have to still be at this very high level to be able to succeed, right? So I'm going to go with that one. Logan Webb did well against the Angels, 5.2 innings, one run, but seven hits and zero walks, six cases. The whip is still going to be a little bit high, but yeah, 50 plus changeups. That's always really cool. Uh, Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panda, did really well against the, the Giants, 6.2 innings of two and runs, five hits, one walk in eight Ks, 16 whiffs, and 12 of those came on the changeup. And guess what? The slider wasn't good. And it's so annoying because Patrick Sandoval can't have that one night where both the slider and changeup are excellent. It's one or the other. And you could say, oh, that's because of like right-handers versus left-handers. Dude, one or the other is not enough for me. I need both. I need both. So I'm happy this worked, but it breaks the Wasker Noah rule. You can't just have one pitch, okay? Uh, I got to talk about a lot of other guys. Obviously, Ken Waldachuk, what's going on with the two studs from last night, and Yuri Perez, and that's SB number one, SB number two. And we're going to talk about all of those and many more after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PitcherList and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8- Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Kim Waldachuk against the Rangers, six innings of two and runs, six sets, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Whoa, against the Rangers. Kim Waldachuk, four-seamer was upstairs, a sweeper went glove side. The changeup hovered arm side. It did well, but it wasn't as good as I want it to be. Um, and we had uh, we had the slider and the changeup re- uh, recording 12 whiffs between them in a near 40% CSW. That's really cool. I don't think it's real, but maybe it is. I've been saying that Waldachuk is a young gun because he needs more time to really develop those secondaries, a sweeper, and then change, and to see 12 whiffs from them, well, maybe that's something. It's always been a command thing with him, though, right? I remember the beginning of the year, the, the Athletics were really in on him, and they really believed that there was something there with it. I don't want to rule that out. I think the four-seamer upstairs actually is better than Sears's, but then again, Sears improved his over the year, so the potential is there. It's just we got to get the command, right? And hopefully we get that more uh, amplified as the season goes on, and then I can feel pretty good about it for 2024. Kodai Senga against the Cubs. It's the Cubs, but he still came through. Good to see that there, and we keep going on with Senga, especially with the improved cutter in this one, which is good. Dane Dunning was a sneaky stream for me. It was a very poor quality start, or nearly that, with eight base runners and not nine. Six Ks, though, in six innings. It's fine. Um, 13 whiffs and 31% CSW is good, and he gets the Giants, so I think we're going to give that another shot. I'm a little annoyed that Dane Dunning only threw 28% sliders plus cutters. I feel like if he goes 40%, he could do better because those are his two best pitches, I think. Um, sure, get sinkers for called strikes all day, but like do the Brady Singer method of sinkers for called strikes and then um, you know the sliders slash cutters for, for whiffs. I think that would work out a little bit better for him, but we'll see. Um, Osvaldo Bito against the 
Atlanta Braves, like, obviously, four innings of three and runs. Like, okay, just don't do this. He's only going 51 pitches. Don't touch him. Garrett Cole and Spencer Strider both stunk, okay? Um, with Garrett Cole's careful Icarus, as it was seven innings of two and runs, and then he allowed two more in the eighth, and then it was pulled. But this was 3K, 7 with 21% CSW, and I don't even really think, like, watching it, that it was so much worse. It just wasn't coming together. And it's just so annoying, and that's that. We just keep starting him. Spencer Strider, 2.2 innings of six earned runs, five hits, three walks, three Ks. He didn't have his best command. His velocity was fine. And the Pirates just made contact on stuff. Like, this is going to happen, or he walked them. And, you know, that's baseball, Susan. <laughs> you know, he's not going to win the Cy Young because of some starts like these. Uh, and, yeah, it stinks, but that's just kind of how it is. And we keep treating him as SB number one because we all know how good he actually is. So, whatever. Um, Yuri Perez against the Reds. I had him as a questionable start. Some want him as a... As a probable, I think this is actually something we're going to see a little bit. It was inside Cincinnati, and sure, there were two home runs, and that really was the damage here in 4.2 innings of 400 runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, 7 Ks, and I really do like what he's doing. I, I love the fact that it was 10 over seven, uh, 29, sorry, 10 over 29 slider whiffs. There you go. And generally, the curveball should be a little bit better than we saw yesterday. He needs to get its strike rate a little bit higher. Uh, the one concern I do have about Yuri Perez is that his approach is glove-side four-seamers um, that sometimes do return uh, too much YM lock. That is, it's easier for batters, right-handers, to kind of extend and push it right field. That's what we saw with Cole Reagans and a lot of those two hits with it. I, ju- I really hate those pitches. Down is better. YM lock that is like middle away is just making, it's just susceptible for trouble, right? Uh, it's, it's giving an opportunity for guys to hit you. And I think Yuri Perez, over time, develops what Alcantara does. He really goes inside, right? And I think Yuri Perez eventually will go four-seamer upstairs maybe more, sinkers inside, that kind of thing. And when we see that, because I think Yuri Perez's slider is better than Alcantara's, we have legitimate upside. The changeup is a terrible strike pitch. Should like not be throwing it right now. Over time, hopefully that gets better too. Um, but in the short term, I think we might see a little bit of struggle, just a little bit. I still love Yuri Perez. But the real issue is that it was 78 pitches. And I actually don't think this was just the first start back for Yuri Perez. I actually have a belief that the Marlins are going to be a little cautious with Perez and not push him a lot, which makes a lot of sense. So I would say you won't see a 90-pitch game from Yuri Perez. You might see an 85, but likely hovering around 80, which means you might see a lot of five and dives. Just keep that in mind with Yuri Perez. You probably won't see too many that go into the sixth. He could if he's efficient that day. You won't see the seventh. So... Keep that in mind with Yuri Perez. Uh, Peter Lambert, absolutely not. Tony Gonsolin, he's a Toby at best. And honestly, he's not even really doing that anymore. Six run runs, six innings pitch. You just pitch him against the bad teams because it's a good defense and a win potential. But his just stuff doesn't pack enough of a punch. Uh, Joey Wentz, no thank you. Go back for Wentz, he came, of course, blah, blah, blah. Uh, terrible pun. I've done it before. Drew Smiley against the Mets had 10 whiffs on the curveball, but then the other ones were bad, and it's still bad. And he's having too many of these hung curveballs, and that's just been the issue the entire year, or at least after like the first month or so of the season. We do not touch Drew Smiley. And Seth Lugo, unfortunately, faced the Dodgers and a lot of grand slam to uh, to Mookie Betts. And like, yeah, fine, whatever. He gets the Diamondbacks next. That's not an elite offense. So there you go. You want to go with that one. Uh, looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters. Uh, today we have that doubleheader, so keep that in mind with the Phillies and the and the Nationals. But we have Scherzer, Wheeler, Framer Valdez, Julio Urias. There's a very clear auto starts. Giolito against the Giants, yes. Eflin against the Cardinals, yes. Sonny Gray against the Tigers, yes. Probable start two. You see Kikuchi against the Guardians, who don't strike out that much, but I still like Kikuchi. They do not hit home runs. Very nice to see that. Logan Gilbert with that new slider as a righty against the Padres, yes, please. Um, you have Eduardo Rodriguez against the Twins. I think he's solid command-wise, so that's good too. Clark Schmidt and Cutter Crawford are two streaming options to consider. 
I'm going with Clark Schmidt against the White Sox. I think the White Sox offense is just in such a terrible place right now. Um, even though Garrett Cole didn't do so well yesterday, I think Clark Schmidt should be fine here with a decent win chance. While Cutter Crawford against Royals is good too, but I don't really know if I believe so much into that Cutter of Crawford, which I know is hilarious, but I'm going to stop making those puns because it's so, so obvious. Brady Singer's also there on the other side of it against the Red Sox because the Red Sox aren't as good right now, and Singer's slider is as good as I've ever seen it. So I feel like you just got to run with that until it falters, kind of like a Vargas rule. Questionable start here. You have Wade Miley against Rocky Road, which seems like it should be a probable start, but he was only about 60 pitches last time, and I think it's going to be a limited five innings or so for Wade Miley. You might actually just not see the Brewers push him too much um, over the year, so I think this is not as locked in as you want it to be. Uh, Grace Rodriguez, Tanner Bybee, and J.P. Sears would be improbable start if it not were not for their tough matchups. Grace Rodriguez against the Astros, Tanner Bybee against the Jays, and J.P. Sears against the Rangers. All not fun there. But, uh, you know, if you want to roll with it, I get it. It's up to you. Um, Grace Rodriguez is so fun to watch right now. Tanner Bybee is just the command. is not as good as you think. We'll see. Um, Jameson Tyone against the Mets. I think he's on the Vargas rule if you want to do it. It's not really for me. But the Mets are kind of weird right now. And Tyone has been efficient as of late. Um, Yanni Chirinos against the Pirates. Uh, it's a win chance against the Pirates. He might go five innings or so. I don't know if the splitter is going to be as good as it was last time, though. Do not start here. I know Nick Martinez is starting. I'm so excited. But only threw like 40 pitches last time. He's not fully stretched out. But, uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to see him in the rotation. Josiah Gray, Mitch Keller, Braxton Garrett, Miles Michaelis. All of these are just do not starts, really. Mitch Keller gets Atlanta, so no thank you. Josiah Gray, don't trust. Uh, Braxton Garrett in Cincinnati. He doesn't have the slider, sorry, the sinker and cutter command. Miles Michaelis against the Rays, though. It's like, ugh. Ranger Suarez is going today. It's against the Nationals, but Ranger Suarez has not been pitching the way that you want him to. Brandon Font is pitching maybe a little bit better. Good sweepers inside the zone, but the four-seamer I don't think is better than it used to be. It's the Dodgers, and that's terrifying. Trevor Williams is going never Trevor. Tuki Dusan, Luke Weaver, Kyle Freeland, Alex Wood, and Carlos Carrasco. All I just very clear do not start. Carrasco is getting the Cubs on top of just him being bad lately. Tomorrow's starters, you have Kevin Gosman, Shohei Otani, Max Freed. Um, those are pretty obvious here. I mean... Shohei Otani has had finger cramps and everything, and he should be good to go for like seven. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, I don't know if he's actually starting. I have triple, triple question marks inside of that table because he's seeing a team specialist. And if he gets approved to start tomorrow, great. But hold your breath for that one. Uh, you Darvish, Bailey Ober, and Jordan Montgomery. That's, by the way, for the back spasms he had. He, uh, the Rays really need some help right now. They can't really lose Glasnow, but I imagine they'll play a little safe and not over push him right now. Okay. Uh, Jordan Montgomery's up here because he's against the Athletics. Bailey Ober is doing the Bailey special these days against the Tigers. Um, and Darvish has just been really good and gets the Mariners. So reverse that. It's Darvish over Montgomery in the auto start tier. Probable start tier. I'm putting Bobby Miller at the top of it. I know I said last time um, that I should bake in a little bit more of that floor that he's been showing. Um, at the same time, Bobby Miller is still a really good pitcher. And with this crew of probable start tiers, there aren't really like that many definitive definitive starters. You could say that Michael Lorenzen against the Nationals, who I have underneath him, is a better play. I just feel like the ceiling isn't as high, and I don't really trust what Lorenzen's doing, but it's against the Nationals, so fine, you go with that. But Bobby Miller, to me, is just more exciting <laughs> and more fun, excuse me for the cough, um, against the Diamondbacks. You have Brian Wu as our, start, um, as our stream pick of the day against the Padres as a right-hander, um, but uh, it's, yeah, four-seamers better. Maybe he has that new slider that the Mariners have all learned. Um, I think you go with that one. Um, Nick Pavetta against the Royals is an interesting one, too, because he didn't do well against the Jays, but the slider command was still there. And with that slider command still there, that's, like, I think, the third or fourth game in a row he's had that. I go with it against the Royals. Um, and Kyle Hendricks' command is still good. Don't let the game against Atlanta 
um, convince you otherwise. It's Atlanta. Questionable start here. You have two guys who are going against really tough offenses, Merrill Kelly and Jack Flaherty. Kelly gets the Dodgers and Flaherty gets the Astros. I avoid that. Uh, it's just, yeah, not a good situation. But Flaherty did well against the Jays. I know, but that was adrenaline-fueled and also the best command I've seen from him, like, maybe forever. Uh, and I don't think that's going to repeat. Graham Ashcraft has graded out well on his slider. His sinker performed well last time. He reintroduced it, which is nice. The cutter still terrifies me. But if you want to Vargas rule that against the Marlins, go ahead. Christian Javier could show up with a slider or curveball for strikes. If he does, the four-seamer is what we want it to be. I've been waiting this for ages, but at least the four-seamer has rebounded a bit over the past couple starts. And he's that close. It's Baltimore, which might help him a little bit. But maybe not because the Orioles' offense is pretty good. It's up to you here. This is a questionable start, but I just have to implore you that he is still wearing a tiara. There is a chance that all of a sudden he gets a slider back, and I don't want you to forget that, but yeah, if you don't want to do it, I get it. Adrian Hauser is a sneaky stream here against Rocky Road. He was originally going to be the streamer until I realized that Wu is under 20% roster, which is still kind of shocking to me, um, but Adrian Hauser could just chuck fastballs against Rocky Road and steal a win there. Um, Mackenzie Gore against the Phillies is a strikeout play. He's a cherry bomb. You never know what you're going to get. Do not start here is Mike Clevenger against the Yankees. I mean, maybe the Yankees are weird and Clevenger has at least a chance to go six innings. So fine, but I hate it. Logan Allen against the Jays. Logan Allen's velocity is worse. His command is not quite there and it's the Jays and ugh. Johnny Cueto against the, the Reds. He actually has good command, but his stuff isn't very good and it's in Cincinnati. You have Alex Fayedo, who maybe actually has that good slider and all the rest are like really bad. Maybe he has a good slider against the Twins. Chris Flexen at least is going to be able to go at least five innings against Milwaukee away from Colorado. Maybe that works. Dakota Hudson, maybe it's a quality start against the Rays. Jordan Lyles at Boston and Tristan Beck, who threw four innings in relief last time. And I don't really like it. I watched it. It was ugh, very mediocre against the Angels, but maybe he can go five. Probably not. David Peterson against the Cubs. No way. He's not even stretched out. And it's the Cubs. I and He's not even at his peak. Just maybe he gets five innings. But oh, man. Let me Severino. I just, you can't. You just can't do that. There's a chance, but you can't against the White Sox. Freddie Tarnock is not stretched out, and it's the Rangers. And Quinn Priester is actively going to be hurtful for your fantasy teams against Atlanta. All right, that is it for today. Um, thank you all so much for uh, sticking around through the end of the year. You guys are the best, but that is all. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your balance below and your strikeouts high.